Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Since 71 podcast. My name's Stuart, I'm one of the founders over at Since 71 and today I'm excited to share with you a special unplanned podcast with Aston Villa's Natalie Hay. Daisy was due to catch up with Natalie for our YouTube channel but due to some technical difficulties we were unable to get any visual images so we thought we'd try and share it as a podcast as we still had some audio. It's a lovely little catch up between the pair of them and uh, hopefully you enjoy. So with no further ado, I hand you over to uh, Daisy and Natalie. Hi, Daisy. Hiya. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm sorry about the video. I'll be honest, my hair doesn't my hair doesn't look too good anyway because we we've just been outside for like two hours and then had gym and um, because of COVID, we're not allowed to shower and stuff. So I probably yeah. don't look good enough to be on your YouTube channel. <laughs> right. So how did you kind of originally get into football? Um, so I think for me, I've got two older brothers and a dad who are football mad. Um, and when I was probably about seven or eight I just used to go down to the park with them and, and have a kickabout and my brothers played for the local football club and I live uh, my family live in a small town um, called Weatherby which is up near Leeds um, and we had a local junior club that, that they played for and my dad helped out with and, and refereed and stuff so some of my brother's friends actually set up a, a girls team uh, and yeah we just we just ended up for three years not playing in the league just training once a week and and just yeah that, that's kind of how it all started really. When you were growing up, what kind of players did you look up to? Um, I think there's a lot of players currently still playing that were, were you know, still playing at the top of the game when when I was younger. And I was lucky enough at 16 to play in the Premier League. So I was lucky enough to play amongst players like Kelly Smith and Rachel Yankee and, um, you know, the Casey Stonies of the world. So I think for me, it's it was just kind of that whole era that, that changed women's football, especially that Arsenal team. Um, you know, Kelly Smith, absolutely brilliant player. Mary Phillips, obviously, centre-half, um, was certainly somebody that back then I, I looked up to. And even in my own team, I was playing with players like Sue Smith um, and Lucy Ward, who have obviously played for England in terms of Sue's case, and, and Lucy, who's gone on to have a, a brilliant career in, in terms of punditry and, and commentary. So I was lucky enough to be surrounded by some, some really good role models. Could you tell us a little bit about your youth career? Yeah, of course. Um, so... After, after Weatherby, I, I kind of wanted to, to start playing competitively. Um, and because there weren't enough girls teams around at the time, we, we, we hadn't been doing that for a few years. So 
I had to look a little bit further away from home and ended up joining a team called Rothwell, uh, which was probably about half an hour away from where I lived. Um, and I spent a year playing seven aside in a competitive league. Uh, and then I, I trialled for Leeds United under 16s and, and I got in there and, and spent two years there, um, which again, I was lucky enough to play with players like Jess Clark and, and Sophie Walton, who have had you know pro, pro careers and played for England, etc. Um, and then at 16, I was again lucky enough to be selected for the first team at Leeds um, and had, a, had a, a really good season there where we made the FA Cup final. And you also played for Yeovil Town where you captained. What was it like to be able to lead that team? Yeah, an unbelievable experience. You know, um, I was I was really quite fortunate in terms of how it came about that I signed for Yeovil in the first place. Um, it was just the year that they'd been accepted into the WSL2 and I randomly ended up at their summer tournament uh, just, you know, because I had a friend that, that, that knew some of the girls and I think the trial was shortly after that and the manager and the players were there and, and they just kind of said, you know, come along to the trial. So, yeah, I mean, it was all a bit of a whirlwind, but I played for them that first year and, and obviously worked hard enough to, to warrant Sarah giving me the captaincy and Jamie, obviously, eventually um, in my second year. And to be honest, today, it's it was one of my favourite experiences playing for that football club. Um, and obviously to be captain of it was a, was a real honour. Is it a hard decision to leave because you spent quite a bit of time there? Yeah, I mean, obviously I had two seasons and then unfortunately I had to stop because of an injury. Um, and I actually went back the year after once they'd got promoted. So a bit gutted to have missed the season where they got promoted. Um, but a real honour to kind of go back in WSL1. And yeah, it it was quite sad. Um, the only reason I left really was because I lived a couple of hours away and the journey, I was working full time in a school um, and the journey to and from training and, and whatnot was just killing me. And the club wanted to 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 kind of go a little bit more professional and focus on on developing players etc and, and training more and, and I just couldn't commit to it so yeah it was it was it was really kind of heartbreaking in the end in terms of how it all ended because like I said some of my best years of football were, were played at that football club. You also played football over in Denmark what was that experience like? Yeah that was incredible um, and I, I kind of say when I do like Q&A's with with schools and, and younger teams now is that there's real opportunities for girls to play abroad now, um, which there weren't before. And I think it's just a great way to learn about a different culture, um, learn about different players, different playing styles. Um, obviously, I didn't I didn't speak a word of Danish when I went out there, so that was difficult. Uh, I did try with Duolingo, but it, it didn't. It taught me how to say I want an apple, but on the football pitch, that probably wasn't very useful. So, yeah, the, the experience itself was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I learned a lot from it as both a player and a coach. And that was that was kind of my aim whilst I was out there. What convinced you to join Aston Villa? I don't think I really needed convincing, to be honest. It, it was a case of um, me wanting to um, try and push myself again and, and see if I had enough about me to still play at, at a good level. Um, I'd stopped playing for six months or so um, just because full time work had taken over. And I thought that. My career was maybe going in a different direction. You know, I had a good job. I was managing a women's football academy. I was I was loving it. I was working for the FA as a, as a coach mentor and I was coaching on the side as well. So, yeah, life, life just took over and I took a bit of a break from playing. Um, and I think I think I just I just wanted to give it another go. And it wasn't a case of, of having to be convinced. You know, this is a great football club um, full of exceptionally good people. Uh, and I think it was more a case of was I was I going to be what they were after? So I actually went on trial. Um, I wasn't signed outright. 
Um, I went to an open trial and, and then I spent six weeks on trial over pre-season. And you won the championship with Villa. That must have been pretty special. Yeah, incredible. Um, along with captain in Yeovil and, and the FA Cup final, which I've already mentioned, probably, you know, the, the biggest highlight of my career. Um, of course, naturally, it's not the way I would have. I, I saw the year panning out. I wanted us to win it, um, finishing the season unbeaten, top of the league. Um, and go down in history, you know, in, in terms of that. Unfortunately, COVID had other ideas, but, you know, I think for the work that had been put in both on and off the pitch at the club, it was it was exactly what we deserved. And since you signed for Villa, there's been quite a few international signings come in. What does that show in terms of where the WSL is at now? For me, I think it's it's the most competitive league in, in the world. Um, I think that's easy to see in, in the sense of the, the American players coming over, you know, Manor joining us in terms of a World Cup winner is an absolutely phenomenal signing. Um, and she's been brilliant for us since she's come in. And, you know, I watch her in training and even when she tackles people, she makes that look stylish. So it's just it's just taking the WSL to another level. And I think, you know, these European players coming in will, will mix really well with, with the young English talent that we've got coming through. Um, especially here, you know, players like Azi Ali, who I think is going to have a great, great career ahead of her. Um, I just think it adds real substance to what the WSL is trying to do. Um, and essentially is creating and generating a, a wider audience, which is which is what we want. How have you found this season not being able to have fans? It's been it's been difficult. You know, last year we were really fortunate to have a, a really, really good following. Um, you know, we had lots of fans at every game and they were really vocal. Um, they even followed us away as well, which is phenomenal. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's it's when you play in those games that are really tight and they're almost like your 12th man. You can hear them from the stands and you, you want to play well for them as, as well as the coaches and, and the players. And yeah, I think I think we've really missed them. Um, and I think it would have been great to have them, especially with it being our, our first league and the uh, first time in the WSL, sorry. Um, for them, I think it would have been great to, to be at the games. You know, we've got a new stadium um, in terms of at Warsaw. Um, and yeah, we, we're really looking forward to having them back whenever that might be. And you've got a tough game against Man United on Sunday. How are you preparing for that? Just the same as we prepare for every game, really. You know, we, we know that we're not safe by any stretch of the imagination. And ultimately, our goal is to try and finish as high at the table as we can. So we're just working hard on the training pitch, um, you know, going through the analysis that, that the coaches have put together, working on our individual bits, reflecting on the game against Arsenal, which, you know, maybe wasn't pretty, but for 60 minutes, we were in a game of football. Um, and essentially, you know, when we played Man U earlier in the year, I think we gave them a good game. Um, of course, they they ran out 2-0 winners. But, you know, up until the last five minutes or so, we were very much still in that game. Um, and that's that's the mindset and the belief and the confidence that we're going into, into this weekend's game with. Compared to when you began playing to now, how much has changed within how professional the leagues and the women's games become? So, so much. Uh, I'm not sure we've got enough time for me to detail everything. But yeah, I think having worked in the women's game as well at both grassroots and at like academy level, it's it's absolutely incredible to see the opportunities that are available to female footballers now. You know, I, I mentioned that Arsenal team all those years ago, and I think they were real trailblazers for the fact that even though they may not have had all the provision under the sun, you know, they were still professional in their approach. They they worked hard for what they achieved. And I think that's a real benchmark for, for the rest of the teams in the league. You know, you can see how Chelsea have risen over the years and are now a real force to be reckoned with. Um, Man United have obviously come into the fray the last couple of years and are, are challenging up there. And of course, Manchester City have always been a, a dominant team. So, yeah, I think 
there's there's far more opportunities um there's better pathways so you've got i know wildcats is grassroots but essentially you've got more opportunities for younger girls to to get involved um the rtc programs have been phenomenal as well um in terms of the talent that they've produced and the the, the level of competition that they're providing for, for female footballers um and i already mentioned it but i think education has, has also helped in terms of colleges and universities bringing together better programs for their female footballers um so yeah it's, it's been a massive step and i think it's only gonna only gonna keep heading in the right direction over the next few years what's been the toughest challenge you've had to face in your career i'd say probably trying to juggle uh full-time work um there was one year where i was working full-time i was doing my ua for b i was studying a master's degree uh, and i was playing um in the Premier League at the time so I guess that's the third tier now um, and I think it's that's one barrier that I think is still present and prevalent in women's football you know there's a lot of players in the championship that are still working full-time jobs they might well be getting paid by their clubs now but essentially they're still having to slog it out all day at work and then you know pick themselves up for training and games at the weekend so I think there's still a lot of work to do in that sense um but I think for me that was always especially when I was at Yeovil you know I was doing a four-hour round trip to get to training two three times a week um I was working with kids all day which is tiring in itself um and yeah it, it's just a case of trying to trying to find a way and, and the funding and the support for these females to have the opportunity because since I've been at Villa full-time like this is the first year I've ever ever been a, a full-time pro um, and it's absolutely like an unbelievable experience. Um, it just makes me wonder, you know, if I'd have had that opportunity five or six years ago, you know, would I would I be a better player than I am now? And, and you know, that's that's probably true. But I think for the girls coming through, there there are far more opportunities now. What's your favourite game you've ever played in? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, my favourite game I've ever played in. Oh my goodness, Daisy, you caught me off guard there. I've played in a lot of games of football. Um, I mean, there's a few for different reasons. I think, you know, when I was at Yeovil, we played uh, Bristol in the Conti Cup. Um, and at that time, Bristol were obviously WSL 1, we were WSL 2. And I don't think Yeovil had ever beaten them. Um, and essentially, we, we played them away. We didn't end up beating them. I believe it finished 0-0. But at that time, you know, that was a Bristol team that were competing at the top of the WSL and had played like Champions League and, you know, had the Grace McCatties and the Corinne Yorsons playing for them. And I can just remember, you know, it was an absolute shift from everyone in, in green and white. And we even had a chance in the very last minute to win it. Um, and I think just because I was so involved with that football club and, and the people that had got it to where it was, I know how much it meant to them to, to compete with the best team in the Southwest. Um, and then I'd also go as far to say um, our first WSL win with Aston Villa, you know, when we when we played Brighton, um, it was a great performance from us, clean sheet, um, two excellent goals, um, and obviously put us on a path to, to hopefully trying to stay in this league. As I said at the beginning, it's a bit of a short and sweet episode today, but it's still great to hear from Natalie. And on behalf of everyone at Since 71, we wish her and her Aston Villa teammates the best of luck in the upcoming weekend. Hopefully they'll be in a position to retain their place in the WSL and show Leicester that it can be done and uh, teams can climb up from the championship and establish themselves. Um, in the meantime, be sure to check out the website. We've had a, a load of new articles go up this week. 
Um, stay safe and I hope to see you back next week where we'll be sharing an interview that uh, I completed with Freya Holdaway, the former Crystal Palace and Northern Ireland International. Take care. Bye-bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.